0: Every time I'm in the house of the Lord and I worship him, I want everything God wants to give me. That means if he wants to convict me, he can convict me and lead me on the right path. If he wants to fill me up, he can fill me up because I need to be filled up with his power. I just don't ever want us to ever, I don't ever want for me, my personal goal is never just have church as usual. I believe that somehow or another there's a calendar in heaven and that there's a calendar and Sundays are marked. They're marked with purpose and, and design. It, he's got it marked for Rodney Pike Church of God. He's got it marked for Faith Baptist. He's got it marked for every church and every house the symbols. He's got it on his calendar and on his agenda to do something great and mighty among his people. God doesn't want to withhold anything from you. Do you believe that? God doesn't withhold anything from you, but that he wants you to receive from him. Hey, just wave your hand and say, That's right, preacher. Amen. I want to preach this morning, continue on bold revelation. I, I kind of got a little tickled with Rick Laracy's comment when he talked about, uh, you know, the, about glow Bibles, so I've got my, my actual Bible here too, but I, I, I got my glow notes, though. So can't take that away from me, but that's all right. You just turn the scriptures with me to Revelation chapter 1. Instead of reading the entire chapter, I want to read verse 3 Is highlight that verse and then move forward with verses 9 through 20. But Revelation chapter 1, verse 3, I'd like to read that. I want you to follow along with me. And you can read that Glow Bible if you want. That's okay too. All of them's okay. I'm just kidding about the Glow Bible, okay? Because I read Scripture through every device I possibly can. I gain everything I possibly can from everywhere, every direction. Hungry for the Lord and hungry for his word. Praise God. Isn't it great? You can have your phone and somebody call you, upset you, and you say, where's my Bible? I can't find it. Well, you got it on your app. Isn't that great? You can turn to Scripture. So, Revelation chapter 1, before we read. Father, just continue to bless in a mighty way and touch me, Father. I thank you for your anointing and what you have done today thus far. In Jesus' name, amen. Verse 3, blessed is he who reads and those who hear the words of this prophecy and keep those things which are written in it for the time is near. For the time isn't it? What time is it? Don't tell me what time it is. Don't look at your watch and tell me what time it is. But I'll tell you what time it is. These are the last days. Amen, these are the last days. All the craziness is happening all around us. The Lord is speaking louder than all the other uh, jumbling, rambling, crazy stuff we're seeing on TV and on the radio and different stuff we're hearing, all this bad stuff, crazy stuff, sinful stuff, ungodly stuff, dark stuff. But all that, the time is near. Jesus is coming back again. So for the saints of God, we ought to be rejoicing in these crazy times And it just affirms and confirms the fact that we're in the last days and jesus is coming back again oh come on saints of god you gotta have it in you to want to get out of here you gotta have it in you not to want to hang around here anymore you gotta have it in you to say the 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 ungodliness and sinfulness of this world the craziness and and the uh uh, abominations that are happening around us i don't know about you but i don't think i belong here anymore do you feel that way Not me, I'm talking about you. You feel like you just don't belong here anymore, just don't fit in, you know. Kind of like a square peg trying to fit in a round hole. It just, I don't fit. I don't fit, but that's okay. Because I've got an assurance that all the crazy stuff I hear. There's a voice is speaking, I'm coming. I'm coming. I'm coming. And those of you playing games with God, it's time to get real with God, okay? These are the days such as Sodom and Gomorrah. I'm telling you, these are the days such as Sodom and Gomorrah. Openly, entertainment stations and programs that are promoting uh, uh, homosexuality. These are the last days. Such as the day of Sodom and Gomorrah. And the days of Noah. I I hadn't even got the... That's in Matthew. You can turn to that sometimes if you want. But as the days of Noah, filled with violence... Violence everywhere. People hating everybody. And, 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 uh, and on the airwaves of today and on the, the media of today, they act like they want everybody to divide and hate each other. I don't know what kind of marketing program they got, but all that marketing is going to lead to destruction. But not for the saints of God. Jesus has other plans for us. Uh, Amen. And he's coming out after us. Jesus, I said, you know, there's a countermark. There's a date that God the Father has marked. That the Son doesn't know. But one of these days, the Father's going to look at the Son and say, Go and get my people. And the rapture is going to take place in a moment in a twinkling of an eye. So don't lose heart. And if these are not encouraging words to you, then get your heart right with God. Be ready. Be rapture ready. Be ready to go with the Lord. If you're afraid, you don't have to be afraid. Live the life God's called you to live. Walk in the grace and the power of the Lord, his enabling power. Let the Holy Spirit guide you and direct you. Well, praise the Lord. The preacher's in the house. The Holy Spirit, I feel his presence so strong. But I want to preach on bold revelation. Let's go to verse 9. I, John, both your brother and companion, in the tribulation and the kingdom and the patience... Of Jesus Christ was on the island that is called Patmos for the word of God. I was on there for the word of God and for the testimony of Jesus. Locked up because of his testimony. Locked up because of his preaching and believing in the word. Locked up. But see, he wasn't any more freer than why he was on the Isle of Patmos. You know, because the Bible says, let me read on here. I was in the spirit on the Lord's day. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Hey, that's the solution of today. You're sick and tired of bad news and just start concentrating on good news and let the Holy Spirit be in the Spirit on the Lord's day. Amen. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. There's liberty. That's the answer for those who feel like they're being manipulated and controlled Lately, let me tell you, get in the Holy Ghost and you'll feel freer than what you've ever been in your life, no matter what man is telling you to do. I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day and I heard behind me a loud voice as a trumpet saying, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last. And what you see, write in a book and send it to the seven churches which are in Asia, to Ephesus, to Smyrna, to Pergamos, to Thyatira and Sardis to Philadelphia and Laodicea. Then I turned to see the voice that spoke with me. And having turned, I saw seven golden lampstands. And in the midst of the seven lampstands, one, one. Yeah. Yeah. I like that word one. I mean, it, it means one means something standing out. One has been separated and. And singled out one, one and capital O is, is one. You know what capital O means to me when you spell one, it means it's D1, the one. the one and only, the one of everything, the one the, the one who is ahead and single over uh, a single power over everything, the one. it says here, and one like the son of man, clothed in the garment down to his feet and girded about the chest with a golden band, his head. And hair were white like wool, as white as snow, and his eyes like a flame of fire. His feet were like fine brass, as if refined in a furnace, and his voice as the sound of many waters. He had in his right hand seven stars, out of his mouth went a sharp two-edged sword. And his countenance was like sun shining in its strength. And when I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead. (laughs) You know, you got to own up to it. Maybe the, the defeat you're in needs to die. Maybe the defeated life you're living in needs to die as a dead man before the presence of the Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah. (laughs) And he laid his right hand on me, saying to me, Do not be afraid, for I am the first and the last. I am he who lives and was dead, and behold, I live forevermore. Amen. I have the keys of Hades and of death. Write the things which you have seen and the things which are and the things which will take place after this. The mystery of the seven stars, which you saw in my right hand. The Lord says the seven golden lampstands. The seven stars are the angels of the seven churches. And the seven lampstands, which you saw, are the seven churches. I want to preach a little bit on bold revelation. Revelation means a revealing or a disclosure Something that hadn't yet been realized, but now it's realized. It's that moment of revelation. There's a lot of things in life where you have that epiphany moment, where that something comes alive, and you realize, and it comes like a—it's a a aha moment. Aha moment is a revelation. We've. Experiences in various things in our life, but in the spiritual life, in theology, a theological definition of revelation is this it's an instance of God's disclosure of himself and his will to his creatures. That's revelation. The moment you got saved or you realized you were a sinner that needed salvation, that was a revelation. That came to you and you realized that you needed a savior. It was that moment when God disclosed himself to you and you realized that God was true and real and glorious. And then you realize that he has a will for his creatures. You realize that when you got saved that you really have a purpose in life with Jesus Christ. It's something communicated that contained such disclosure as the Bible. Here in Revelation, this book, the author, the Apostle Paul, uh, the Apostle John in his old age was exiled to the Isle of Patmos. All the other disciples were dead. Even the Apostle Paul was gone and no one remained except John. John in his old age. No doubt he felt isolated and alone on that rocky, barren Isle of Patmos off the coast of Turkey. It was an oppressive place. You ever walked in a place that's been oppressive? Some of you walked home and walked in your house and felt like it was oppressive. But there's a spirit, that atmosphere that seems to happen in a place of oppression, and I'm sure the Isle of Patmos had it. For no doubt there were graves on the Isle of Patmos. Prisoners who never, never saw home again. There was those who were exiled there to be forgotten. You know, in the prison house, many times people would die in there and be left there to rot during ancient times. They didn't always just, you know, didn't have the system that it has today where someone keeps the record. No, there just wouldn't be any record of you. And you would be forgotten in there and you would die there. It, when you were thrown in the innermost part of the prison, buddy, you're going to no man's land, forgetful land. And here's John on the Isle of Patmos. When we feel isolated, when we feel like we're in exile, we don't even seem and feel like God's even around. Have you ever been that place where the, you felt the oppression, you felt the innermost hidden place and felt like God was a million miles away? But somehow or another, you made it through, didn't you? Somehow or another, you got off the island. Somehow or another, God began to move in your oppressive state and began to give you victory, and it's because of Jesus Christ. How many here have been on the Isle of Patmos before? And you know exactly what I'm talking about. The origin of the word Patmos is unclear and historically can't really be found except that the pateo is is a word in the Greek meaning tread or walk. So in other words, the same is with the Isle of uh, Patmos could be seen as getting stepped on. Getting in a place and being a place of being stepped on. God doesn't want you to live a life as though you're being stepped on by the enemy. Or by Satan. Now I am going to tell you this. There are the natural battles of life that we deal with. But then there are the supernatural battles. That the enemy comes against us. The ready to destroy us. And want to beat us down and step on us. But God has given us victory. Through our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. John was exiled for a crime that he committed. For preaching the word of God. Do you have, if you were to be arrested for being a Christian, would there be enough evidence to convict you? I say, Lord, let there be evidence to convict me of it. Because I want there to be the evidence that I'm a child of God, that I'm a Christian. I want you this morning to catch a glimpse of Jesus. While you're facing adverse conditions, you can be in the spirit on the Lord's day. You can't separate Jesus from the church. According to Revelation, that's where John saw him hanging out, was with the seven golden lampstands, and he was ministering to those lampstands and touching them and taking care of them and sustaining them. Let me tell you, you're the church of Jesus Christ. You are the church, the body, the church of Jesus Christ. And the Lord is busy, He's very attentive to where you're at and what's going on in your life. And he's wanting to minister and he wants your light to glow brighter than ever before. He wants your lamp to be bright and ready and trimmed. He wants you to experience and know his touch and to know his favor and to know his provision and to know his care. He is, he is busy as John saw him as he spoke to him, he turned and there's Jesus standing there Taking care of the lampstands and the light that is on the lampstands. Taking care of his church. Taking care of you and I. The devil would want you to think God's forgotten you. God's decided he's got too much on his plate and paying attention to somebody else instead of you. But the devil's a liar and a father of liars. Jesus is walking in the midst of the lampstands, and he's among his church, and he's going to take his church through anything it might face and deal with. In other words, John saw Jesus hanging out with the church. Samuel Rodriguez, a great preacher, he preached at South Carolina's Church of God camp meeting this year and he posted this on Facebook. And Yeah, I'm actually going to read something I found on Facebook. I'm really going to use it because I thought, wow, this is good. This fit right in here. He said, people are hungry for an authentic encounter with the presence and power of Jesus more than ever before. I want to remind everyone the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church of Jesus Christ. Matthew 16 and 18. Hell will not prevail against the church. COVID will not prevail against the church. Relativi- uh, relativistic ideologies will not prevail against the church. Secular totalia- totalism will not prevail against the church. The church survived the Roman Colosseums. The church survived the Black Plague. The church survived communism. The church survived fascism. Why does the church continue to survive? I'll tell you, I'll throw this in, and then I'll let Samuel finish it up. I'll tell you why the church continues to survive, because Jesus is walking in the midst of the golden candlesticks and golden lampstands and taking care of it. But he says, why does the church still exist It's because we are the bride of Christ. And last time I checked, a bride is beloved. A bride is valuable to the groom. The bride becomes a part of him. The bride, hey, I want you to know every wedding I've done, I've told every couple I've counseled with or talked to before we did the ceremony, and I said, listen, the wedding is the bride's day. She gets to pick out things. She gets to anticipate. She gets to think. And all we can do, guys, as the groom, is anticipate for the bride to come down the aisle and that she will eventually be ours. Let me tell you this. Uh, The bride is very important to the groom. And the groom loves his bride. Hallelujah. See if you don't relate or agree with the statement when it comes to yourself. This is my statement. I make it personal. I have been a Christian for many years, and in my experience, most of the many times when I have been touched or moved the greatest by Jesus has been when I was in the house of God in church. We need to utilize the Lord's day. We need to utilize the house of the Lord. We need to mark Sundays uh, on our calendars and make sure that we're in the house and in the Lord's house because we need to utilize our opportunity when there's a gang of people speaking the name of Jesus in a positive light and a group of people who are raising their hands to praise the Lord and when there's music being sung about the the, the most important person in the world about Jesus. Uh, We need to utilize Sunday. We need to be in the spirit on Sunday. We need to be in the house of God on Sunday and utilize this atmosphere of worship. You ain't going to get it at the workplace on Monday. You're not going to get it on Tuesday. You're not going to get it on Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, or Saturday. But you will get it when a group of people join together in the name of the Lord, in the Lord's house, on the day of the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. You thought my son was loud oh my utilize your worship on the Lord's day on Sunday Psalm 122 1 says I was glad when they said to me let's go to the house of the Lord oh yeah Psalm 26 and 8 said Lord I have loved the habitation of your house and the place where your glory dwells Psalm 27 and 4 says one thing I have desired of the Lord that will I seek that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. Not till we finally get into heaven. We demonstrate heavenly things here on earth. We want you know, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. We want the kingdom to work when we need our prayers to be answered. We want the kingdom to work when we need the peace of God to to roll over us. We want the kingdom of God when we are without a job and heaven to answer and get us a job. We ask and give requests constantly for the kingdom to do something. But the Bible says here I, one thing I desire that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. And some folks, uh, listen, I know how it is to get past the half century mark. Some folks get other things on their mind they think about uh, taking trips and retire and run and go and go and go but let me tell you take full advantage and utilize the lord's day and come and recognize and stop by and raise your hands and say lord i thank you for what you have done in my life Hallelujah. hallelujah I'm not trying to be mean. I'm just fired up. (laughs) Psalm 92 and 13 says, Those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. Some of you may be asking, I just feel so weak. I just feel so far away from God. Well, let me ask you are you utilizing Sunday, the time of worship? Boy, we've got so much on our schedules, don't we? If you tell people this phrase, it means absolutely nothing to them. This phrase, boy, am I busy. You know why it don't mean anything? Because everybody else in the world is busy too. Or another one, boy, am I tired. Well, guess what? Everybody else in the world's tired too. But I would tell you to mark your calendars. Make a priority in these last days that I will seek the Lord. I will serve him with all that is within me. I will not allow the enemy to rob me of the victory and blessing that God has for me. I know I'm going to get messages from people going to tell me their reasons, such such. You got the reasons. All I can say is this. And I'll tell people on Facebook, Tell it to Jesus. That's all I can say. Tell it to Jesus. Goes. I ain't got the final say on this thing, okay? I'm glad. I'm glad I don't I don't want that monkey on my back. So I'm just saying, tell it to Jesus. Tell it to Jesus. You can serve him outside of church, but I'm telling you, set priority the most and best you can. A lot of preachers look at me and say, you're crazy talking this way. You're just going to upset people. No, I'm stirring the pot of soup is what I'm doing. We've been sitting simmering for a while. We need to stir it every once in a while, you know. And I'm just stirring it, letting you know, come on now. Readjust, reevaluate, examine yourself, see if you be in the faith. Examine yourself, see if you be in the faith. All right. A revelation gives a clear picture of who Jesus is. John gives a clear description of Jesus. One like the Son of Man, which was the most frequent title Jesus applied to himself in the four Gospels as well as in Daniel 7.13. Also clothed with a garment down to his feet. It was typical of the high priest as they ministered in the holy place in the temple. In Hebrews 4 and 14 through 16 in the Amplified Bible says, Inasmuch then as we believers have a great high priest who has already ascended and passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession of faith, of faith and cling tenaciously to our absolute trust in him as savior for we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize and understand our weaknesses and temptations but one who has been tempted knowing exactly how it feels to be human in every respect as we are yet without committing any sin therefore let us with privilege approach the throne of grace that is the throne of god's gracious favor with confidence and without fear so that we may receive mercy for our failures and find his amazing grace to help in time of need and appropriate blessing coming just at the right time. Jesus, our high priest, John beholds and sees Jesus that he's clothed from down to his feet as a high priest would be clothed because the average man and common man of that day, his tunic was short. And had a belt so he could move around and go and do. It was only the priest and those who wore the long garments all down to the feet. It was a sign of priesthood and holiness before God. The Bible says to described him girded about the chest with a golden band. Refers to the symbol of strength and authority common to the ancient world. The average working man wore a short tunic and loose fitting clothes. Only those in authority wore a girdle. That golden band across Jesus' chest is a symbol of strength and authority. Philippians 4.13 I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Philippians 4.13 in the Amplified. i I got to take a deep breath here. I can do all things which he has called me to do through him who strengthens and empowers me to fulfill his purpose. I am self-sufficient in Christ's sufficiency. I am ready for anything and equal for to anything through him who infuses me with inner strength and, and confidence peace hallelujah that belt golden sash golden belt was authority and the authority we live we live through christ can i read it in the passion bible here we go philippians 4 13 i find that the strength of christ's explosive power infuses me to conquer every difficulty I'm telling you, get a revelation, a bold revelation. Get a good look of Jesus, who Jesus is. His head and hair were white like wool and white as snow, symbolic of the righteousness of God. In Daniel, he's called the Ancient of Days. Hallelujah, the Ancient of Days. Then his eyes were a flame of fire. In the Greek, it literally written, it's written, his eyes shot fire. His eyes shot fire. Fire. Yeah. You know what's happening right? Jesus' eyes are shooting fire right now. He loves you. He cares for you. He knows what's going on. He knows what's going on in Afghanistan and in China. He knows everything. The foreign lands all around. The Christian is not forgotten. They are his bride and the Lord's going to take care of them and he cares for them. He's looking at America and the American Christians and his eyes are shooting fire because it's his passion. It's his passion. You're his passion. He loves you. You You are his passion and he cares for you I don't think it's eyes of vengeance it's eyes of passion and power and his feet were like fine brass it speaks of judgment reminds us of the brazen altar in the tabernacle where sin is being judged his voice has the sound of many waters Far too many cannot hear the voice of God today. But they will hear it then on the Day of Judgment. The call of worldliness and materialism, science, education, psychology, and all the other voices seem to take precedence over the voice of Jesus Christ today. But on that day, all other voices will be stilled by the deafening, overpowering voice of the Son of God. Hallelujah! In his right hand he held the seven stars, and he even says the seven stars of the churches in verse twenty. Seven stars. Now, these seven stars are the angels, which are the pastors of the seven churches. Angels in the Greek mean messengers, appointed pastors. And out of his mouth went a two-edged sword. The word of God is like that in Hebrews—a two-edged sword, cutting and moving and mowing through. His countenance was like the sun shining in its strength. It's like the, the moment, it actually, John fell as a dead man. He'd done it before. When he saw Jesus on the Mount of Transfiguration, when he was changed into his glory, he fell like a dead man. And when he saw Jesus that moment, in Revelation chapter 1, he fell as a dead man because you know what? He'd seen him before. He had seen him before, Maybe there's a message in there somewhere. Maybe you've seen the overpowering presence and the revelation of Jesus Christ in your life and his glory and power. You used to walk with great authority and power and anointing in your life. Oh, I can say the remedy is found in Revelation chapter 1 that you might once again see him in his glory and have the revelation of who Jesus Christ is so that you might fall as a dead man before him and realize Jesus, you are Lord Jesus. Says you are Lord over everything in my life and who I am hallelujah oh yeah yeah. I gotta keep going here I love this I'm enjoying it hallelujah his countenance was like the sun shining in its strength it's, it, it was like that moment of transfiguration no doubt to John he had seen him before this world has powerful and strong people too. People of stature and strength and power. Now, if I was really having to deal with some a threat, then this world might offer some, some people for me, personalities that might help me out. And maybe I had a chance to hang out with a, with a strong heroes like maybe I just made my little short list someone like Chuck Norris, couldn't forget Chuck, Chuck Norris or Rocky Balboa, have rock with me, stand with me, stand with me, because I feel threatened, big guys like y'all mean, who's a basketball player, it was, he was seven foot six inches, he's a pretty tall dude, I know, I'll call him Shaq. Shaq is seven foot, one inches tall. Big guy, still big. Oh, can't forget about LeBron James. Got calling him. Well, you know, you, you have your opinions, and I got mine too. But, and, but I just thought, of you him know, because everybody knows and heard about LeBron. Even Bugs Bunny knows him. All right. Or even maybe perhaps I look around, I say, my towering son, Micah. He's pretty tall and big guy. He's taller than me. I think I keep on getting shorter, and he keeps on getting taller. Or a brawny guy like Matt Beaver. He's a big guy. Matt, you should have a big beard. <laughs> you were made for a big beard. None of that sense, sissy goatee. It was big. Because on you, it, it's okay, you know. It's okay on you. It could, you could have one down to your belly and still would be okay because you're just so big and brawny guy. Or maybe a muscular guy like Noah Searles. I get Noah to come with me. Or or Sean Mount to come. You know, I'm in trouble. I need some help. I'm in danger. I'm threatened. I get these guys to come and stand next to me. And others, you know, other powerful men. Maybe I get Donald Trump to come up with me. Or President Biden to come stand up here with me. And... uh, But I have to tell you. To get through this crazy and difficult time right now, how many of you raise your hand and say we're living in crazy, difficult times? Can, I mean, it's like, you know, it's like we're navigating, we're going down the rapids. Got to look for these big rocks and stones and all this stuff is just moving, going side to side and around and twisting. And These times are difficult. Difficult, it's a crazy and difficult life filled with fear and with questions. An enemy that's out to destroy me, I got to tell you, I want to hang with the one. I appreciate these guys, and I appreciate these names, and they, maybe I could borrow some money off of them. I don't know, but there's a list of people, but I got to tell you, I want to hang with the one that has hair as white as wool, and eyes like fire, and feet like brass, with a golden belt of authority, And who shines as bright as the sun in full strength, the voice, the sound of many waters, and on who was and is and is to come. He's the one I wanna, yo, know, I back off. I just hang, I tell him, I tell the world and the enemy, I'm hanging with this guy. I'm with this guy. I'm gonna, I'm gonna get strength from this guy. This guy's gonna take care of me. This guy's gonna come and get me. This guy's giving me authority. This man is the son of God, the king of kings and the lord of lords. He is the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end and all the other letters in the greek alphabet he's everything in between alpha and omega i don't know what time it is i got a device use it oh okay well let me finish here because if i don't i'll be back on this next week and i can't i gotta get to these churches The four reasons why we need not fear can can be found in these scriptures is, first of all, Jesus said, I'm the first and the last. It speaks of Christ's eternity. He is before all things and after all things. and And he says he's before all things and after all things are through. He will still be in control. So you don't need to be afraid. He says, I'm the living one. I was dead. Speaks of Christ's sacrificial death for our sins. How many are so glad Jesus died for you? Oh, oh, my goodness. Where will we be? We're not for the grace of God, the love of God. Jesus' sacrifice and sacrificial death for our sins. And then his resurrection. We worship the living one. He's alive forevermore. He said, I am alive forever and forever. In other words, you don't need to be afraid because he always will be. He always will be. Throughout the transitions and change of our life, the older we get and life we move further, we know he doesn't change and he's around forever. Number four, why we don't need to be afraid today is he said, I hold the keys of death and of hell. This is a detail that John didn't record it, but Jesus said it. An apostle didn't come up with that idea. Jesus just said, hey, I hold the keys of death and of hell. John John didn't creatively write that in. Jesus said it. I've got it. And no doubt purchased them by his own blood when he died on the cross. Hebrews two fourteen and 15 says, Inasmuch then as the children have partaken of flesh and blood, he himself likewise shared in the same that through death he might destroy him who had the power of death. That is the devil. And release those. How many have been released? Raise your hand. And release those who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. We all have to be afraid. We all have to be afraid. He holds the keys. He's the Lord. He's our God. You need to get, we need to get a bold revelation of Jesus in this day and hour right now. We need a bold, some of us saying, I need a vacation. Well, you know, we've we've had some time off and it's still, you know, it's still kind of messing and going on. You're still down the dumps. Hey, oh, by the way, you went on vacation. Did you feel all revived when you come back? No, because what you're facing was out there when you're on vacation when you come back. Some of you were on vacation with your grandkids and you about lost your mind. You thought the sound of the ocean was good and loud, but you couldn't, couldn't drown out their voices. I say that because I'm a grandparent. As far as I'm concerned, that's the only reason to go to the beach is my grandsons. Because they, they have life. They know how to live it. They know how to live it. Maybe because they got a revelation of their parents. And they know who's taking care of them. Maybe we Christians, we need... To really live because we need a bold revelation of Jesus who Jesus is I'm telling you the devil's defeated he's already whooped he's already been conquered greater is he that is within me than he that is in the world and I want you to get a bold look at this guy this 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 tough guy who's standing with you Jesus oh Lord oh God oh God He's going to carry us through, going to carry us through this. He's going to help us, going to be with us, and we don't have to be afraid. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Would you stand with me right now if the worship team would come?